Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Bobcat and Rattler fans and welcome to this Monday's edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 29th of August. This is your host Kyle Owen and today I'm joined by my my producer Kobe Jackson and co-host Ryan Ligas. We got a lot to cover today including some Texas State football, San Marcos football, Texas State soccer and then Texas State volleyball. We're going to start off with the red hot, hot Texas State soccer team but before we get to all that let's throw it to Ryan for a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin, Pe- Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. Like I was saying, we're going to get things started off with the red-hot Texas State soccer team. They are off to the tied best start in program history. Last time they were able to go 4-0 and to start the season was in 2019, and that was the only time other than that that they've been able to do so. So 4-0 and Texas State soccer won their game last night against Houston Baptist, a 2-1 nail-biter, uh, but uh, Texas State pretty much had control of that game for the most part. Uh, Bobcat came out striking early Maddie Goss got a PK shot early in the three third minute and then later in the second half Zoe Jr. put one behind the keeper for uh for the second goal of the game at the 61st minute and then finally in the 82nd minute the Houston Baptist Huskies were able to put something behind Caitlin Christman uh for the first time all season so Caitlin Christman uh 3-0 this year the uh, first goal conceded um by her in and then uh, last week, or I guess it was Thursday, uh, Beth Agee was uh, put up or let go a goal uh, against the Islanders of Corpus mm-hmm. Christi. But uh, uh, some a pretty good game for the Bobcats there. Uh, any uh, anything y'all saw that um, that Texas State you know has been doing well so far in this first four games, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at the stats for that game yesterday, I mean, they had 22 shots um, total in the game. HB only had 10. And then they had 10 shots on goal, HB only had four. And so as you're saying, you know, they kind of controlled the game yesterday. And that's kind of been the story for the first four games of the season. They didn't keep in the field position, not letting their opponent really get to their side of the field. And, you know, I think this is a good sign for them. And I was looking at the schedule from 2019, also getting back to them having their best start. They've already scored more goals than they did in that four-game start from 2019. So that's Mm -hmm. also a good look. So I think they're just trending in the right direction right now. Yeah, no, no doubt, Ryan. And um, I was able to, you know, produce the game and stuff. Jordan Gonzalez and Cobra Valley was on the call last night. And the one thing I did see a lot is that there were a lot of shots that they took that hit either the cross, that either hit the crossbar sometimes, or it just it just kind of sailed. But you know, uh, if anything, the one thing I did notice is that uh, Houston Baptist Huskies did have a lot of fouls. They had uh, 15 fouls compared to uh, the Bobcats 11. So, and also they won in saves as well for uh, for the 
the Huskies over the Bobcats three. So, I mean, other than that, you know, not bad of a great. It's still a great start so far for O and O, you know, because sometimes we have a tie. And that's actually the new thing this uh, semester is that we are implementing ties this year. So uh, this is uh, Texas State off to a very hot start. And uh, hopefully the streak continues. Yeah, man, Texas State off to an absolutely hot start. And uh, speaking of hot start, I mean, you talked about those the shot differences between the games. I mean, every single game so far, they've been holding uh, opponents to to nearly half of what their shots uh, attempts are. And then you look at the shots on goal. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're putting 10 goals where the keeper has to be able to put a hand on it, mm-hmm. um, it's, that's a, that's something to look forward to because uh, if you're just going to continue to pepper the keeper, then, then uh, something at the end of the day is going to find the back of the net. And so I think that's just, it's an absolute key there uh, to be able to continue to pepper the keepers um, of opposing, opposing teams. And then also just doing a good job on defense and, and not letting, uh, letting, what is it? Does like, uh, momentum switches, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of whenever everything, you know, goes up forward to soccer, sometimes, you know, it lets it go and, uh, ball comes loose and, and, you know, you get a fast break or something like that to, to be able to, to, to get a nice shot on goal. And, and the Bobcats defense has been able to, to prevent that from as much, uh, from happening as much as possible this season. Haven't really seen, um, a lot of, uh, a p- possession changes that, that lead to anything more than just, uh, becoming, the Bobcats ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was watching the game the other night live on uh, uh, against um, the Islanders. Yeah. And I mean, Texas State looks like they're out there absolutely just dominating the competition. I mean, every single game that I've watched so far this year, they, they come out and they just... I mean, they literally look like they're running circles around every other team. And so um, maybe it's just the it's just the, you know, the non-conference schedule that they're that they're playing. Um, but either way, four and start four and O start um, for the first time since 2019 and tied best for program record history uh, coming up for the Texas State soccer team they're back in action at the texas state soccer complex uh on thursday thursday the first of september so september looming upon us only a couple more days left of august um so on the first day of september at seven o'clock be there or be square the texas state soccer team 4-0 looking to achieve their uh achieve 5-0 for the first time in program history against kansas city who is Oh, three and one right now. So a team that's been struggling a little bit so far to start the season, uh, got a tie there early and then a couple of losses. And then their most recent game, uh, a five nil loss to, uh, the number 19 ranked, uh, St. Louis soccer team. Yeah, no question. Um, I was looking at the Kansas, uh, it's the Kansas City Roos, aka for Kangaroos, and like you said, their their streak is 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 slow. It's starting off slow, you know, a losing record. I know most people don't want to start off with a losing record in the beginning of the year, no matter what sport it is. But uh, you know, let's uh, you know, it's a one time chance for you know for them to get a win. But the Bobcats also have a chance to extend their streak, and like we said before, you know, if you start off on a hot streak, it's gonna just compare it'll really tell a season you know and we've kind of witnessed that in the past you know few months past you know a couple of years so um honestly this should be i think uh it should be another good win for the bobcats and hope for the for hope for the best 
Yeah, no, the energy for that game is going to be crazy because, I mean, they've been having good turnouts for the past two home games they've had. I mean, 600 for the first game. It was like 300-something maybe yesterday. Yeah, almost 400. I think it was 398. Yeah, so I, I can't saw. even imagine for a game like this. I think there's going to be a good turnout. There's been a lot of energy. They've been getting a lot of support this early in the season, which is really good to see. Yeah, and, and I mean, we talk about, you know, uh, the production on offense and defense, and you look at the you look at the shots uh, from the Bobcats, and there's four girls on the team that have multiple shots uh and then there's three of them that have multiple shots on goal make it uh six girls on the team that had multiple shots actually not four um but three girls that had multiple shots on goal um just being able to have that many productive bodies on the field mm-hmm. is just going to be absolutely key just especially going into some belt conference play uh starting up here in the next couple of weeks so uh yeah i mean it everything's coming coming together here soon and there's only four games left until Sunbelt conference play begins like we said kansas city on thursday north texas at north texas on sunday and then uh, a two-game homestand before starting the uh Sunbelt conference play with rice coming in next thursday and then tcu on uh september 11th sunday so uh some big texas schools coming in for the next uh next couple games texas state but uh but like i said looking forward to that thursday game on september first uh seven o'clock against the kansas city ruse but uh we're gonna go ahead take a quick break real quick uh we will be right back with some more coverage for you guys on some texas state football san marcus football and then texas state volleyball as well but don't go anywhere you're listening to bobcat radio on ktsw 89.9 and welcome back to this Monday's edition of Bobcat Radio here on the official second week of classes. In the studio with me, I've got my producer, Kobe Jackson, co-host, Ryan Ligas, and this is your host, Kyle Owen. Like I said, we're going to talk about some some more Texas State sports, but before we get to that, going into some San Marcos high school football. San Marcos started their season uh, on Friday against Hutto in an unfortunate loss. 46-21 to 21, uh, was the final score there from Toyota Rattler Stadium for the first game of the year. So Hutto starting off, or so San Marcos starting off 0-1, Hutto starting off 1-0, and uh, and it really just looked like San Marcos was, I mean, completely outplayed on every facet of the mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I mean, but then looking, you know, you know, obviously you, Kyle, and then Paxton and myself were, you know, in the booth for the call of the game. And honestly, the way the game, honestly, the way the start of the game worked, I thought, you know, after that De Leon interception that he threw, I honestly thought maybe that was a little, little mistake, little mistake here and there. And then he would probably bounce back, but it just kind of just continued to slide. I mean, they had a decent offense going after the after that happened, but honestly, uh, you know, everything just started just to go down here. Lots of penalties, and especially in the first half, I think they had um, it was a ten penalties altogether in the first half just alone and then you know everything just started kind of just to collapse a little bit but if I had to say one thing about this Rattler team is that I do believe that they have much grit in there and the more determination in them you know Isaiah DeLeon actually proved himself a little bit more he ran the ball a lot I think he had over I want to say uh, 60 yards I want to say 60 yards rushing at least Um, but on to that I think the Rattlers have a strong 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 possibility to redeem themselves especially against Hutto this coming week so uh, you know let's hope the Rattlers can get something done yeah San Antonio Madison this week like you said um, some of the things you know uh, if you want to look at a positive for Texas or San Marcos football right now the Rattlers you know that they, they've they have been a state they were able to establish the run at least a little bit um, and uh, and I know for you know the guys the people that 
that listened last year to San Marcos High School, uh, listening again this year, Jaden Brown is going to be a huge piece in that offense. Mm -hmm. He had over 120 yards just coming out of halftime. And then that second half, I mean, he was shut down a little bit. I mean, things kind of just slowed down there for, for a bit once uh, um, once Hutto started running away with it. But uh, but probably almost 200 yards in that game for Jaden Brown, mm -hmm. a couple of touchdowns as well. And, um, and you know, he's he's going to be that productive workhorse in the back heel, backfield with, uh, with you know, Isaiah DeLeon, who can also run as well. So um, be expecting, you know, the, the Rattlers to continue just grounding and pounding the ball uh, for as much as they can with, you know, the opportunity uh, to throw the ball up whenever they can. But uh, like you said, starting off the game, DeLeon throwing an interception that led to a led to a field goal, first points of the game. Um, you know, they came back on and uh, they were able to get some momentum going. Um, but it really they didn't have much of it as uh, as Hutto took a 10 nothing lead um, to start the game. Mm -hmm. uh, San Marcus came out, was able to get a touchdown in their uh, in their third drive after a three and out um, prior to that interception so the interception and then the uh the three and out happened and then they they were able to drive down the field and get a touchdown but um it was a little too late for them and uh and uh huddo was able to get away with it and mm -hmm. had you know they had it was like a 17 point lead going into half oh, yeah. you know reachable um but at the same time um if you don't come out of the halftime uh fired up and ready to go and and make a stop then it seemed much more out of reach and that's kind of what happened huddo was able to take control uh coming out of halftime and uh and be able to get that first touchdown to to extend their lead to 24 and uh really put the game uh out of the grasp of the rattlers but um like you were saying san antonio madison coming up next week friday september 2nd it's going to be another game at toyota rattler stadium 7 30 san antonio madison dropped their first game to Clemens so uh, uh Clemens a another district team there for mm -hmm. the Rattlers um or they Clemens beat San Antonio Madison 14 to 10 a close one there and a lot of defense being played so expect a, a lot more defense to be played in this game coming up against San Antonio Madison looking at some rankings San Antonio Madison ranked number 128 in 6a Texas 6a whereas San Marcos High School ranked number 90. And then in the San Antonio area, San Marcos ranked number 12, and then San Antonio Madison number 29. So uh, favors the San Marcos Rattlers in this one a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it is the beginning of the season, yes, and they is. played a close game against a good Clemens team. Mm -hmm. So uh, interested to see how San Marcos comes out and puts it on against the San, San Antonio Madison team. So, uh, but yeah, San Marcos High School football. Like I said, 7.30, it'll be on air here at KTSW, so be sure to tune into that one on Friday the 2nd at 7.30. But moving back into some Texas State sports, we've got some Texas State football starting off this weekend. Football season is back. It's and uh, I don't think any of us can be more excited as uh, as you know, we've been waiting multiple, multiple months since at least uh, the national championship game in in January uh, for most of us to watch some football. So and for Texas State, been much longer, hasn't been able didn't make a bowl game. So season ended uh, in late November and haven't seen them play since. But Texas State football starting off their season away from home, away from San Marcos in Nevada, a 1-0 team starting off on September 3rd at 4.30. But uh, looking forward to that one um, as Nevada, like I said, starting off this, their season 1-0. Yeah, and before, before I say, and like you said, it's been a long time. I am so excited for fall 
It's the best time of the year because we get football, we get everything. But uh, looking into, you know, this Nevada game, I, which I'm also very excited about because we get to see, it's I mean, the first game of the season, we get to see all the new players that we have on our team, especially our, I mean, the starting quarterback that takes a just announced, um, Lane Hatcher. He's officially the starting quarterback. So now it's, you know, it's his team for right now. We're just, you know, this is his first chance to see what he can do. And against a team like Nevada who, you know, in their game against uh, New Mexico State, um, I couldn't really looking at the stats for that game. I, I, I it, it seems like he'll be able to have a pretty good game against them. I didn't see much defense when you look at the stats. Um, I mean, I think what's going to be our biggest problem for Texas State is their offense. But I think defensively for Nevada, I think Lane Hatcher and our offense should be good. Yeah. So looking at Nevada last season, uh, had a pretty productive season with their head coach, Jay Norvell, but he ended up taking a job at Colorado State. So uh, left the Nevada Wolfpack out to dry on that one and as well took 15 players from the team in the transfer portal, as well as nine coaches. Uh, traveled with him to Colorado State from Nevada so basically I mean taking that whole team and moving it somewhere else so Nevada basically having a 100% reset button and a chance for a new identity and uh, they won't be uh, hit. so kind of looking at that it's going to be a different team than what um, than what you know, we would have expected from last season's team. Um, and uh, looking at this past game against New Mexico State, uh, you know, they started off and there was a delay there early that kind of shake, shook up some things. There mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of scoring early um, coming out of the delay. Uh, Nevada for, or was conceded a safety mm-hmm. and the game started two to nothing, um, but uh, was able to come out and produce a couple of touchdowns before uh, halftime and then uh, some more points there in the third quarter. But, uh, you know, with the 23 to 12 victory over New Mexico State, uh, one of the one of the lower ranked teams in all of college football, um, Nevada did struggle a little bit. So I'm interested to see how Texas State is going to take advantage of some of the things that um, Coach Spavadol saw in the gaps of uh, that Wolfpack defense and uh, to see how, you know, um, Lane Hatcher is going to be able to slice things up and uh, and produce against this Wolfpack team. So um, looking forward, looking at uh, some of Nevada's stats, uh, they had two quarterbacks play, um, had one in Nate Cox who, who threw – he completed seven passes on 11 attempts, only had 27 yards passing, but he was able to grab 37 yards on the ground in six attempts and had led the team in average per rush with six and a half uh, yards per rush there. Um, on the ground, they were more productive than in the passing uh, passing game. You got uh, Toa Tua and Devontae Lee combined for 170 yards and uh, on almost 30, I think it was 30 four attempts 32 attempts and averaging right around five yards per carry between the two of them um Devontae lee did grab two touchdowns the only two touchdowns for the wolf pack and then uh another quarterback also saw the field in illingsworth he had seven completions on 12 throws and then 51 yards there so um two quarterbacks saw the field interested to see how they will pan that one out when they come up and play texas state yeah, and so, I mean, you're reading back all the rushing stats. So, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, I'm assuming the game plan for SPAV for Nevada is to shut down the run game, do their best to limit them, because once you take away the run game, I mean, it seems like Nevada doesn't have much to do after that. I mean, 78-something yards on passing with two quarterbacks, you know, that just shows that I think Nevada doesn't have it figured out yet at the quarterback position, and they, I mean, they're trusting their run game, which most teams do. So if you're able to bottle up, 
the run game, I mean, it's better said than done, but, you know, I think that's all you got to do. Yeah, and, and Texas State's front seven is pretty solid. A lot of returning guys, especially at the linebacker position, a lot of guys that are uh, have a lot of seniority um, on the field and a lot of leadership as well. And then that front uh, front four is a big rotating piece that um, Spavadol knows that he has multiple deep there and he's going to be able to keep fresh guys in uh, to be able to stop the run. So I do see Texas State and um, the and Jake Spavadol being able to stop the run pretty handedly and then, uh, you know, just try trying to figure things out on offense. So I honestly, I think this is a very winnable game for Texas state mm-hmm. and I'm uh, super excited to, uh, to watch them get things kicked off on Saturday. So Saturday, September 3rd at four 30 um, against Nevada at, at Nevada. And uh, that game will be broadcasted here live on KTSW. Um, and uh, we'll get y'all more info on that game later in the week. We'll dig deeper into the game as well. Maybe get some, uh, maybe get an interview from somebody from Nevada later in the week too. So um, looking forward to that and we'll talk more about Texas State football later in the week. But moving on to another undefeated Texas State team, the Texas State volleyball team getting back on track in Sean Hewitt's third season under hel- under the helm uh, of this volleyball program. They're, they went 3-0 in mm-hmm. their first tournament at, in San Antonio. Incarnate Word played Incarnate Word twice, got two games there, all six sets won, and then in their first game of the weekend, uh, first match of the weekend, played the Houston Baptist Huskies as well like the soccer team, or had to drop one of those sets, but uh, to begin the season, you can't complain with a 10-1 uh, and one record, <laughs> uh, or a 9 out of 10 nine sets out of 10. win in the first weekend uh, to get things started. No, you can't you can't complain about that. You know, Texas State. So their first uh, their first game was against, you know, Houston Baptist, uh, Baptist Huskies. Like you said, they dropped the set. First set for, final score was 25 to 19. Second set was 25 20. And then the third set, that's the one that they dropped. It was 25 to 22. And then the fourth and final set that sealed the deal was 25 to 20. Pop Bobcats. So all together, uh, in fact, if you look at the uh, statistics, uh, the stats, they pretty much dominate all across the board. They won in points with 64 over the 56, kills 54 over 40. Ace, uh, they actually dropped one in aces. Uh, they actually dropped two in uh, two aces. It was nine to five Huskies. And then blocks, it was seven to five for blocks. But assist and digs, they won dominantly 49 to the, uh, Huskies 39 and then 51 to Huskies 45. So, uh, again, uh, again, you know, dropping a set, that's not that big of a deal and stuff, especially if you win that four set. So, honestly, it's it's not the big of a deal. And then, obviously, the Incarnate Word, you know, two games, they have one at 12 p.m. and then they have one at 7 uh, later on that evening. And they just dominated all across the board. I mean, first the first game, it was 25-21, the first set, 25-11, to 11, the second set, which I thought was so was surprising for that one. And then the third and final one was 25-19 for the 12 o'clock uh, game that they single-handedly dominate and then it was pretty much the same in the second game that they played so this volleyball team is off to a rocking start and uh you know it's almost like a repeat of last year because of last year they were actually pretty pretty good last year and so but this has been this is basically a repeat of soccer pretty much yeah and you know you're saying all the stats for that game and you know jada garner had 14 kills in the second match and then throughout the two matches on saturday uh senior middle blocker tessa marshall she had 11 kills that actually put her over 300 a career kills at the Bobcats, so mm-hmm. that was really good to he- good to see. And you know, another thing, when I was looking over at the recap and all that for for um, the tournament, 
um, a lot of the girls on our on the volleyball team are from San Antonio, they're mm-hmm. not from that area. And so the coach was saying how yeah, that was a really good thing to have. You know, they got that hometown support. And oh, it really yeah. helped boost them during this weekend where, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, San Antonio is real close to San Marcos. But, the, you know, they have it really packed with Bobcat fans there at the, t- at the tournament. Really helps out the team. Oh, yeah, no question. And uh, if you have, you know, and, you know, obviously we have, you know, different, you know, players from all over, you know, the United States and possibly from from across the country and to have a home base and like a hometown kind of crowd. It's actually pretty warm. It's pretty you know, soothing for the players to have, you know, that support. Um, but uh, what we were saying about this Bobcats team, it's it's they're off to a great start, just like soccer. So, I mean, let's see more. Let's see more wins for volleyball. Yeah. And the volleyball team, some familiar names producing as well as they've done in the past couple of years. You look at Jada Gardner, Janelle Fitzgerald, some names that the Texas State volleyball team has heard of and knows pretty well. Jada Gardner leads the team in kills currently with 39, uh, leading nine nine kills ahead of the second most on the team with Janelle Fitzgerald with 30. And then they lead the pack um, pretty handily as the next three have 19, 16, and 15 with Caitlin Bootner, Tessa Marshall, and then Jillian Slaughter. Uh, so a lot of production on that team and uh, looking forward to an amazing season for Coach Sean Hewitt and this Texas State Volleyball team coming up for the Texas State Volleyball program. They get to travel to Hawaii in a uh, in a nice, fun little vacation-ish <laughs> trip. I mean, obviously, it's a business trip, but like Coach Sean Hewitt was saying the other day, they're going to have some fun. They're going to let things loose a little bit and uh, enjoy their time in Hawaii as a it's it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity <laughs> if you get the chance to go over there. So, um, so they're going to make the most of that. But uh, the first game they're going to play is going to be at 12 a.m. midnight and in Hawaii against Hawaii Friday morning. So uh, Thursday night, Friday morning, 12 a.m. midnight. Um, If you are up, go ahead and watch that one. That one will be on ESPN Plus. So uh, tune in if you got nothing else to do later that evening um, or the next morning. uh, You (laughs) you can stay up. So, uh, but yeah, so a a late game there to start things off. And then uh, and then coming back nine, uh, almost 24 hours later that Friday against UCLA, the number 12 ranked team in the nation at 9.45 p.m. Uh, they will get the home slate, uh, home side of that one. So mm-hmm. they will get things going on that against UCLA. And then um, and then they take a break on Saturday and then come back on Sunday evening and play West Virginia, the Big 12 school, at 7.45 p.m. at that Stan Sheriff Center in uh, in Hawaii, so three games, uh, three game tournament in Hawaii, Hawaii and UCLA on Friday, West Virginia on Sunday, and I think it's a good challenge for these girls coming in, um, especially uh, with that ranked UCLA team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt, absolutely, and you know, and then like you said, they're big time schools, you know, West Virginia, and then obviously, um, and obviously UCLA. So I mean, and it's the West Coast because now they're gonna have to get adjusted, you know, time change. So now they're on, you know, the West Coast. Now that they're gonna start a little bit later than you know than currently here in Central Time. So uh that's a i think that's probably the one thing they're just gonna have to get used to and you know possibly you know just you know arrange and just keep doing the same that they've been doing these past few games yeah and i mean the face these big teams early in the season really gonna help you kick start even though they're doing really good right now they're at a hot start but they haven't been playing those big teams so to play those big teams early in the season kind of see where you're gauged at in terms of these big teams then i mean that's gonna be good for this weekend see how they do 
So Texas State Volleyball starting things off uh, away from home, six games away from home before coming back and hosting a tournament of themselves uh, before getting things started off in Sunbelt Conference play. Uh, Texas State Volleyball, like I said, in Hawaii this weekend, uh, the 2nd, 12 a.m., 9.45 p.m., and then on the 4th Sunday at 7.45 p.m. against West Virginia. So looking forward to that tournament for Texas State Volleyball. But that is pretty much our time for the day. But before we get things going, um, we're going to have a weather from Kobe. Yeah, so we have a high of 94 today and then a low of 74. That was earlier this morning. And then for those who are probably not uh, for tomorrow, we are expecting some rain, some possibility. It's a 70, uh, 60% chance rain, high of 85 and then a low of 75. So a hot, crispy day today. But tomorrow, uh, could we could possibly have a chance for some rain. I know people have been asking for that for a couple for months now since summer. So uh, hope uh, hope it's a nice little day. Alrighty, so like I said, that is our time for today. Thank you for tuning in to this Monday's edition of Bobcat Radio. Be sure to follow us on everything uh, at KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, to make sure you're keeping up with everything San Marcos and Texas State related. Thanks again for listening to this Monday's edition. We'll see you again on Wednesday for Ryan Lingas and Ligas and Kobe Jackson. I'm Kyle Owen. Thanks for listening again to this Monday's edition of Bobcat Radio. Now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.